To all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation, you're listening to Spoiler Alert! <clears throat> Spoiler Alert! I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Rob Patey from hey, hey. RobPatey.com. <laughs> and a bunch of other shit, but who cares? Hi. Nope, just RobPatey.com. <laughs> That's it. It's the only place I exist. <laughs> and, uh, no. Uh, I'm on social media. <laughs> from... Aw. Media. Facebook. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. <laughs> nope. Uh, Napster and and LimeWire. LimeWire, Friendster, uh, Live Journal. I'm waiting for LinkedIn to really kick up. All right, so uh, <clears throat> we're here to talk about this week's comic books. Uh, we will be getting to, I don't know. Let's give you a little taste. Wonder Woman, Alien Three, Murder Falcon, Bloodshot, Uncanny X Men, Avengers, and Mister Miracle. But first, we have some emails, so I'm going to read those. Do you guys want to fucking do the thing that you guys do that I hate? Email. Well, okay, good job, no. No, I, I don't know. I don't know your song. I'm trying to. That's because it's not a song. To it's Mark them Miller it. Anno- annoying me uh, and the listeners until I think, they I think stop listening. Should, I think it should be noted that I just verbed Mark's name. Yeah, you were just yeah. marking Mark. Yeah, Mark Miller. Um, <clears throat> I bugged right. it. Here we go. Hey, fellas. It's a true pleasure to hear a fourth voice on the podcast once again. It gives you all someone new to beat up on, bug with. Oh, I thought I was going to be beating (laughs) up on me. I apologize for popping into the shop unannounced. Next time that I up and jet across the planet for a little drop by, I'll give advance notice so douche has time to bake a fucking cake. (laughs) I will say that I'm glad to hear the podcast continuing on in the wake of the hiss of slow, silent death filling the shop from its pipes. What? I have nothing to rage about, nor any bones to pick from this week's episode or books. Just saying hi. Trying a new tactic in the hopes that JD will get the warm fuzzies for me and dig through the glut of emails I sent earlier this year that went unread, perused them, realized they were all very timely, and therefore irrelevant now, and (laughs) junk them before relegating my email address to spam. If I may speak for the audience at large, in answer to Douche's plea for other podcast ideas, we would love to hear your thoughts on horror horror movies. Motherfuck. (laughs) I've noticed there is a dearth of good horror discussions available out there in podcast land. You wouldn't even have to do it every single week. Twice a year would be plenty. (laughs) And comparably speaking... Quite often. Can we slow clap that? <laughs> Just like breathe for a second. You can call it a, I don't know, horror cast or something. Maybe there is already a browned out, brand out there that is going unused. Safely ensconced 8,000 miles away while trolling the home dad abroad. <laughs> you sack of shit. Uh, so for the, Brilliant. For the, 
for the other listener who doesn't get the joke, uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a troll inside of an inside joke inside yeah. of a troll. God damn it. That was perfect. I do, I do a podcast with Mark underscore L underscore Miller and a couple other fellows like Justin Jordan and uh, uh, Christian Dabari and Stephen Andrade called the Cannibal Horror Cast, which is a horror movie podcast. And uh, to be, we, we just did two new episodes, both about the 2018 Halloween film. So uh, suck your own butt, home dad. Yeah. And then get ready for next time they release the mm. Halloween movie. We'll do another episode. It's probably like two years. Well, you, you guys double back. You did three episodes this year, so you're good until 2020. Yeah. 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 Uh, and this one's from Christopher Goodnight. It says, hey, you guys, could you please... Stop recommending good books because I'm already pushing it as it is with the money I'm spending on my paperback crack. Blackbird, Murder Falcon, Outer Darkness, and Dead Rabbit are all good with Blackbird and Outer Darkness being the best of the four. Thankfully, Murder Falcon and Leviathan are limited, so I only have to give them my money for less than a year. Chris St. Saucy Goodnight. Holy shit, that was the shortest email he's ever sent. Oh my, it was like short and to the point? Wait. What did he say? So we should only... I Should we should we only talk about books that suck? Yeah. That way he won't have to read Want to buy more? Yeah. We really meet that quote a lot of weeks. Yeah, we do read a lot of books. I mean, so if he wants to just pick up that. every variant of Vault of Spiders... <laughs> it's true. That would work out, right? Yeah, he's the variant guy. Um, yeah. All right. So thank you, both of you fellas, for writing in to cultspopgo at gmail.com. Uh, can I can I also note that this is now two incredibly passive? Uh, I will take them as compliments towards <laughs> me joining the show. So, thank but did you. this one have something two. to do with you? No, I was um, home dad abroad, home oh, okay. dad abroad, okay. and then like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. I'm happy with that. Um, all right. So, you guys want to talk about this week's comics or what? Fuck, we're here. Yeah, I mean, might as well. We're recording. <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't know. Let's start alphabetically with Alien Three. William Gibson's Alien Three, number one. Uh, with art by Johnny Christmas, and so the interesting thing about this is being put out by Dark Horse Comics, and well, it's art and adaptation. So he did the script for this. Johnny. Christmas. Oh, Johnny Christmas did both. Yeah. So essentially, it was like if this was a movie adaptation, Johnny Christmas Christmas wrote and directed it. Gotcha. Yeah. So my understanding is that William Gibson is the original screenwriter of this version of Alien Three. Uh huh. And this Johnny Christmas cat wrote and drew an adaptation of it. I think he should change his name to Johnny Christmas Cat. <laughs> that's a better name than Johnny Christmas. Uh, that's fair. I mean, so, Johnny hold, Christmas. Hold on, guys. I don't... I'm. We all know I'm not smart. So, mm. who is William Gibson? I don't know. A ah. screenwriter? <laughs> Does he write screenplays for so, Alien? So, I... I <laughs> Three? I believe he's a screenwriter that was once hired by Fox to follow up Aliens... Yeah, with Alien Three. Oh, okay. Yeah, was I was wondering, I'm 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 quickly googling to see if maybe he wrote the script for the first two or something. I don't know, but I, I do remember a long time ago in the infancy of the internet, you would hear often about two um, movies that were quote unquote ruined during the script phase or in infancy that would have been brilliant. The, it was 1980, the 89 Batman movie. You had like the I think it was like the the Scott Ham or John Ham. The screenwriter's name was Ham, but apparently it was like 
an amazing screenplay that was ditched by Burton, and everybody talks about how that could have been Batman. And then there's this one, the oh. the Steve uh, the David Fincher Alien that destroyed all the goodwill from Aliens and killed off the best characters in the opening credits and was a completely different movie. Yes. So there was this whole there's like this um. I don't know, mythological nature to these two movies, almost specifically about how they they could have been something else because they were received poorly. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. So this is like, um, this is like the comic book version of uh, something like Alien, or sorry, Halloween 2018, where it's just yeah. like, let's ignore everything and we'll do a direct sequel to X, Y, and Z. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so uh, I didn't actually know as much as I love the 1989 Tim Burton Batman. I have never heard of up. that script thing until you just mentioned it. I'll look it up. But, I'm, I'm almost positive. Well, it's not important to now, but I do want to know about it later. Uh, so <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> don't side eye me while you're googling. Um, now, Rob, did you read this? Parts. I forgot. I'm reading it now. Uh, <laughs> oh wow! Wow. Sam Ham. Sam Hamm, 1989 Batman. Okay, cool. Right. Um, so anyway, so basically, audience, this is uh, the follow-up to Aliens that was supposed to happen. And uh, this follows Newt and Hicks and uh, Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does feel a lot more like your usual alien film. I think from this, as we were talking before we started recording about the bureaucracy that starts off the beginning. Um, and then it takes us most of the issue before we finally see our yeah. main characters. Yeah, so um, so like a recap of, uh, I, I assume and hope that everyone has seen Aliens. Still holds up as one of the best sci-fi horror action movies of the last 30 years. My opinion is, <clears throat> Alien is a perfect horror film. Aliens is a perfect action film. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I completely agree. Um, regardless, um, the end of that movie, you have your three main characters. Uh, well, actually, three and a half main characters. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about... Um, Bishop. Bishop. Go into cryosleep and just float away into the, uh, into the abyss of space uh, with a happy ending. This, <laughs> this <laughs> picks up um, roughly four years later. They're still in cryosleep. Something occurs. Uh, the ship that they're in is... Uh, off course and goes into or drifts into unprotected quarantine space where pirates are able to kind of go in and salvage and get out. So there's this window of time that the ship for 14 minutes, the ship is not in such and such protected space so they can get in, salvage it, get out. Things go awry. uh, And then the space Marines are called in to check on this ship that was obviously um, something went wrong. Yeah, so like uh, there's there's a whole set of dialogue where the company is like um, the ship four years ago docked off from with 15 Marines and three civilians. Now we're only getting life signs for one Marine, yeah. a little girl that wasn't there before and something else. So yeah. they send in a crew to check it out. And of course there's a face hugger on board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was this was all set up, and then you were reintroduced to Ripley really, really quickly, and <laughs> the cliffhanger at the end is the triumphant return of Hicks. Well, and also Ripley, right? Well, she screams out of her thing for hot like two hot seconds, yeah. and then is sedated. It's yeah. mainly like Hicks that's the reveal at the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this 
I, I've only read, obviously we've only read this first issue, and I don't know how long it's supposed to be. I'm assuming by the pacing it's going to be 12 issues. Um, I'm going to say now, and we'll see if I'm wrong or right at the end of these 12 issues, this is already a more pleasant experience than Alien 3. Agreed. The, the, the film that actually was released. Oh, yeah. What'd you say, Rob? I said, well, yeah, but is that a compliment? Well, yes. I, mean, I mean, there's some cool stuff in Alien 3, but... Eh. It doesn't say how many issues. I, you know what? Do you want to, do you want to like, hedge our bets? Let's, let's bet on how long this will be. You say okay. 12. I think it's going to be 8. 8? Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll bet what? Um, a dollar? A beer. I'll buy a you beer. a beer. Okay. Or you buy me a beer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy you I'm the worst beer I can find. You're going to say 27? No, it's not going to be like a season issues. of Buffy. Or it's not going to be like season season eight of Buffy that was like 58 issues long. <laughs> is this like a Price is Right bidding system? If, uh, Just closer to the pin. if Because I, I think both of us are going over. It's probably going to end up being six. Okay, so three. <laughs> <laughs> it's already over. <laughs> it's one issue. One um, two. Uh, also, gorgeous cover. Oh, the art was great. You ah. know, you know. Okay, not the whole thing, but um, there are a couple of panels, a couple of sequences in here that remind me a little bit of. Do you guys remember the book Girls, the Luna Brothers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. there's some like there's some parts of this that almost remind me of their pacing and their style. So like this this corporate lady sitting in the uh, I think it's like page. 12 halfway through the book when you get the whole corporate where you get the six page goddamn uh what's it called what would you call it exposition well it's the it's the it's the it's the beginning of every single alien movie the the corporate stooges mm-hmm. um set up like the ball in motion to to have everyone get killed and this yeah. is just the same yeah. version of it but but some of the some of the compositions and some of like the uh some of the pencil work did remind me of the Luna Brothers. Hmm. Which, I don't see that. It made me forget. Not at time. all. <clears throat> no? Not even oh, a little no. bit. All right, I'm crazy. And You're crazy. You know what? Regardless, everyone cool. should go back and visit Girls. That was such a fun Oh, I, I never read Girls. It was only like 24 issues. Uh-huh. It's really fun. Nice. Now, Rob, you, you seem to be, uh, you don't give a shit because you're only flimming through it now, right? Yeah, well, I, it wasn't that hard to get through. That mother, they did a really good job making a John Forsyth. John Forsyth? With the coming out of his tummy, the alien coming out of his tummy. John Forsyth. That's John Forsyth, isn't it? Wait, yeah. you mean Hang Bishop? On. Oh, Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. That's the guy. John Forsyth. No, Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, same <laughs> Lance Bishop. Um, Bishop Hendrickson. John Forsyth. Why do you keep saying John Forsyth? Yeah. Because that's the actor's name. No, it's, no, it's Lance not. Hendrickson. Is it? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> he literally kept telling you that. You just kept saying John I mean, Forsyth. <laughs> I mean, this dude in the spacesuit looks a little Forsythe-y. <laughs> oh, like yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, all right. I'm thinking of a different dude. You're right. Now I got to Google John Forsythe. Don't. I was off. Oh, yeah. You're way wrong. Come on. How is that not girlsy? Girls-ish. Yeah, they have a very different pencil line. They do. I said it was a, like different. This this artist Johnny like Christmas the... reminds me more of um, I would say David Gorham who did uh, the um, Friday the Thirteenth miniseries. Maybe it's just the color palette. Oh, the color palette for sure, one hundred percent. I agree with that. I'm mis- I'm yeah. misspeaking. Maybe yeah. it is just the color palette that really reminds me. The line works and the inking is very very different than uh, the Luna Brothers. But um, anyway, yeah, I think this is great. Uh, I'm 
I didn't know if I would care about it when I was ordering it for the store. I had one person come in excited about it. So that made me, it piqued my interest because I was like, oh, someone's excited about this? Okay. So um, I'm glad we, we got to sit down and read it because I actually quite enjoyed it. And I'm definitely going to, uh, if not read it on a monthly basis, I'm going to definitely check it out in trade. And I meant John Hurt. Oh, John Hurt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's John Forsythe. You want William? Uh, We're googling so many actors right now, and John Hurt was in was in the first movie, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, but um, he's the war doctor and yeah. and Professor Broom and. All right, so other uh, Let's see. Uh, alphabetically, let's go to Bloodshot Rising Spirit, number one, written by Zach Thompson, Lonnie Nadler, and Kevin Graveau, with art by Ken Lashley, and uh, we. We here at the uh, the Cult Pop Podcast Network Nation Nation yeah there's a nation of us uh, we yeah. all really liked the reboot of Valiant and we were hot and heavy on that Valiant shit a couple years ago and then I think most mm-hmm. of us slowly drifted away like lovers uh, Rob did, are you still reading the Valiant stuff on on the regular I I'm not reading anything on the regular anymore. Uh, if I still dabble, I will dabble back into the more cosmic stuff within Valiant at this point, or some of the old chestnuts like Harbinger. Gotcha. What are the What are the cosmic stuff of Val- so Valiant's its own universe, right? Yes. Everything's interconnected, like Marvel yeah. and DC. Yes. So, what are the cosmic aspects of Valiant? Yeah. Noel is a Valiant virgin, in case anyone hasn't guessed yet. Is so. it, it Exo Manowar? Exo Mana War is one of those cosmic ones. That's actually a half Earth, half cosmic. See, the thing about divinity. Valiant was, it, yeah, yeah, I was thinking divinity. Um, Valiant is always intertwined, so all of them transcend sci-fi, space, Earth. I mean, that was the great thing about the Valiant continuity was how interweaved it really was, mm-hmm. and to a certain extent, still is ish. I mean, it's it expanded so quickly. Uh, Noel and I were talking via chat. No one else was talking to us, so it was just <laughs> each other. Um, I liked it. So did I. <laughs> um, um, and you know, while we we're talking about that, you know, you can, you could. There's the old Valiant from the early '90s, and then there was this resurgence of Valiant. What mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago? I, it might have been uh, less than that because I. I distinctly remember like they brought on a, like a whole batch of new writers and it was like Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent and a bunch of people were they it seemed like they were reestablishing themselves and reinvesting into their brands I, well, I think at the same time too there was like a Sony deal too well and guys like Justin Jordan they did a little bit That's of right. or they were brought over into the big ones I the point I was trying to make was the Valiant of Yore when Jim Shooter was running it back in the 90s it didn't explode as quickly as this Valiant did mm-hmm. so that's where it was hard to keep a keep a grasp around it just because just like any other comic company these days I guess just the glut of titles that came out you ask me what's kind of burned in my cerebellum better it's actually stuff from 25 years ago uh, merely because there was less of it, which made it more delicious and indelible, I guess. You know, you, you always want that thing that you can't have, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of keeping up with it as best as I can. They came out with a fuck ton of titles in a very short period of time. That's a very um, accurate 
way of describing my feelings as well. Uh, fuck ton of titles. There's a fuck ton of titles, man. There, I was so into all of these books. Like I really loved Harbinger. I thought Bloodshot was great. Um, Exo Manowar, I could kind of take or leave, but I was still kind of keeping up with that. Faith, I liked a lot. So, uh, and then they just, yeah, they made too many books and I couldn't keep up. But you kind of have to keep up with uh, most of these books in order to have a grasp of what's happening in the universe. So um, it, it really sort of forced me out in that I felt like I couldn't keep up. So then I just stopped trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, this is Bloodshot Rising Spirit. So this actually takes place before uh, all of the Bloodshot stuff that we read five, six, seven years ago, whenever it rebooted. And um, this is Bloodshot before, um, like, you know, because I don't know, for anybody who doesn't know, the mystery behind Bloodshot is that he's this unkillable weapon. Uh, He's got pale white skin, black hair, and a a big red um, circle on his chest. And he's unkillable because he's imbued with these nanites that constantly repair him but he's also been messed with so much a la wolverine that he doesn't know who he is and he's got so many varying memories of his past that none of them are trustworthy so here we actually meet bloodshot's original personality ahead of time and uh unless it's you know unless of course it's like a a red herring but it seems like he was about to be a made man for the mob well more like a like a mob flunky. He didn't seem very good at anything. Well, he was going to get made, though. Yeah, I don't know. Or do you it, think it, it was a trap? It made, it made me think of like a... No, it, it it felt more like a failing upwards. Oh, okay. Not necessarily like a bright shining star in the organization. Yeah, even even when you first see him here, he has hunched over in the snow. Like, he doesn't so, make an imposing... Is this is this all silhouette. unknown information from before? Like To no me, one, yes. I mean, to the world? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Really, yes. you never knew this person before no. this series. No. So this is a giant reveal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The whole mystery has been who is dead uh, bloodshot. Uh, so now we know in three pages who that is. Yep. But <laughs> yeah. But then something happens at the very end, um, where the doctor says they kill it, or him it, the Mortali Engram failed. So Mortali being the name of this little mobster but then she said engram and graham does that mean what we saw at the beginning was fake i don't think so i think what we see in the beginning is for us the viewer um and then the rest of the stuff is bloodshot experiencing a false memory implant that's not sticking so basically we've got the intro to the character and then he gets um uh he's in prison and then uh a doctor comes to him and says hey we can make you better and then from then on, it's basically a fake memory implant that goes wrong. No, see, I'm, I'm, I might disagree with you. So I'm looking up, I'm looking up the, the word meaning Ingram. of the room, Ingram, Ingram, a hypothetical permanent change in the brain accounting for the existence of a memory, meaning they implanted that person. That's what I'm saying. No, the, the beginning wasn't real. No. So like they're titling the Eng- Engram Mortali. Mortali is the name of that mobster. Oh, so is okay. that story not real? Oh, Mortali was the name of the mobster. Yeah, shit, you Angela might be right. Mortali. You might be right. Damn yeah. it, Rob! So, like this help whole me. thing is just this whole thing is just a, uh, like a memory implant. Just a, the entire issue. This the entire issue is just like testing and test phases that suck. God damn it! Help, or is it help you? How? I don't know. What, what's your opinion? I agree. No, it sounds smarter it than what we came up with. <laughs> he actually he actually googled the word, so he probably he's probably right. Wait, yeah, <laughs> it's it's 
Mr. He says Mr. Mortali. Wait, hang on. Yeah, Mr. Mortali. Angelo Mortali is this. Is this? And then she says the the Angelo or the Mortali memories were a failure. All right, you're right. This whole thing is fake, right? You have convinced me. You're correct. So I did want to like. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a straight up hater, but there was something on page. I think it was like 18. So I'm going to talk about the art really quick. By yeah, Ken Lashley. Page 15. This top, the the first panel, it almost looks like he paused mid dance number. Is <laughs> 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 he really like? That's like no way to walk. Yeah, yeah. no. Like He's I don't care own. how lumbering yeah. or how like brick house you are. No, he's he's doing the um, Freddie Mercury arm extend. Yeah, <laughs> like he yeah. is about to hit that note hard. Yeah. So Ken Lashley, um, he was doing something recently a couple years ago. It was like an X book, I think. Um, what was that? It wasn't. A, was it a Weapon X or something? I don't know. I, but, I, yeah. I the name is the name is recognizable, but and I I do like this is oh like, it was Secret Six. Oh, that makes sense. The um. The the depths of geek knowledge. Oh. Kevin Graveau, the writer. Uh-huh. He did I think he didn't he do all the um Underworld movies? I have no idea. He like wrote and or designed all he like he's a, a des- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm almost positive. I'll buy it. Uh so the problem here is, is I don't care. Um Rob, did you like this? No, I didn't. Going back to that twenty five years before thing. The thing I have not loved about this current incarnation of Bloodshot is, you know, the peeling of the onion, the memories, blah, 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 great. The great thing about Bloodshot in the past was, was that he was the precursor to Rai, who was the last defender of Japan. So the Valiant books took place in at least two distinct different time zones, the present day and the year 4000. So that was Magnus the Robot Fighter. This is back when they had all the old gold key characters as well. So you had Magnus Robot Fighter and Rai as the two characters in the year 4000. And slowly over time, they unraveled that the nanite blood of Bloodshot in present day eventually got handed down, handed down, handed down stronger over the time because the nanites had an AI and self-learning and eventually created Rai, who lived on the robotic island of uh japan that could turn into a mech monster um holy fuck that was some good comic booking times this whole current incarnation because they don't have the 4000 ad characters because they don't have the gold key characters it doesn't have that same permanence so i've given moderate to zero fucks about bloodshot (laughs) in the current incarnation now i didn't really want to talk until we heard what the valiant virgin had to say though because i didn't want to taint him Oh, no, I, you know what I, I, I when I, I was, t- when we were talking, I was telling you, like, I, I know of all these characters, but I know of them situationally. Like, I, I distinctly remember when I was like maybe 10 or 11 getting a giant pack of comics that were of all brands and having like the first issue of Hardcores, Hardcore, uh-huh. sorry, the first issue of some other, it might have been Exo Manowar, and then just uh-huh. having like really vague memories and it just not sticking. And then five or six years ago, when this new relaunch happened, I, I'm at the point of my reading career where I actually follow writers and artists, and I remember being interested in a lot of the writers that were joining on these new number ones. But it just it seemed like more than any other reboot or or reintroduction, it seemed like a lot of work. Like and it, it wasn't was, very it wasn't it was, very good. It was it marginal, was, and it was 14 bloodshot 
um, like titles. It, it's like it's like asking, and and I know Marvel and DC do this shit all the time. It's like asking people to like, hey, we're gonna introduce you to this character, Batman. Imagine you've never heard of him before, and in order to get the whole story, we're gonna have fourteen number ones, three ongoing, six new titles, and it, it just it's it becomes um, scary. And I was like, I, no, I'm good. Yeah. Well, and again, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. You know, you should be able to walk into this first blush and say, I want to get into this universe. And I don't think this was indicative of the quality of, mm-hmm. uh, given my personal feelings aside, my old man fuckery. See, the problem, you, Noel, you came of literacy age in the second wave of the early Valiant. You you got there, you mm-hmm. know, when the whole comic industry was shit in the bed That's is true. when you had a book like Hardcore come out, right? Yeah, it was so, the it was it was the peak it was the three to four year rise and fall of, of speculation and, and image comics. Yeah, so, right. like, so yeah, you were you were getting Valiant trying to keep pace. They just mm-hmm. lost Jim Shooter because they yeah. they they ousted Jim Shooter. Because remember, JD Shooter then went over and formed Defiant. Yeah, right. So this is after Jim Shooter got bummed out, and then, frankly, after Shooter got bummed out, it was not good. It wasn't really good again. I mean, I was leery when Valiant resurged the second time because I go, fuck you. Towards the end there, that was some bad comic booking. I don't mean like bad comic bookings and bad isn't good. I mean bad isn't shitty comic booking. So that's what you got in your little value pack from Toys R Us. I'm sorry. <laughs> it didn't even come with an action figure. It was literally just like a, a shitty spinner rack at the end of the aisle. Man, you've gotten boned twice by a comic universe that has had some really just great stuff happen in it over the years. So it, if you ever have an interest in the time, let me recommend a bunch, but... There were, like, and I even told you too, like, there were, there were a couple of times in the last year or two where I tried, like, um, uh, Archer and Armstrong issue one with David LaFuente and I forget the writer, but I remember three pages in, it was a new number one. And I understand that you jump into a book. I had no fucking idea what was happening. And I even knew about the characters beforehand. Like, this is not a number one. This is just like, it's like a new creative team. Yeah, they they did that. They went to sort of the volume blanks. Remember all those fucking divinities that came out, JD? It was like Divinity One, Divinity Two. They went to that they went to that volumed approach, you know, when all the other companies started redoing and rebooting with number one and seeing the boost in sales, they had to follow suit. It was you know, it was well, a, to stay competitive in market. That's that's like that's like my least favorite thing that, that books like uh, BPRD do. Oh my like, god! I have no idea what the fuck the fir- the beginning. Like, if I wanted to write the- read them in any kind of succession that makes sense, I right. I need a Wikipedia page and like three sub pages to know exactly what order because they kept nope. no numbering that makes any sense whatsoever. But at least they were, you know, Mike Magnolia. He did that from the beginning. You know, Dark Horse. They did that from the beginning. They said we want you to be able to just imbibe these stories as is. That, that's on us, the completists, and us as comic book fans to want to force that construct of we, we've got to read these in this successive order. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but they were designed that way from the ground up. That is very different than being reactionary to market conditions and changing your whole fucking flow and mantra of continuity to keep pace. Those those are two different two different mantras and two different steps. Nay. Mm. So, yeah, I don't care about this book. 
Cool. All right. So I messed up the alphabet. Let's go back to the A's for the Avengers number 10, written by Jason Aaron with art by Ed McGinnis and David Marquez. Now, uh, my good friend, Noel, has been telling me for weeks and weeks and months that I should be catching up on the Avengers by Jason Aaron. And I've been like, yeah, no, I'll do that. And then, spoiler alert, I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I didn't read Avengers 10 because I've got the trade paperback at the shop waiting for me to read it. I've got a couple of subscribers who have not picked up their issues yet, so I'm going to read those, and uh, I'll catch up. But um, why don't don't you guys, why don't you talk about it? Okay. I clearly have been liking this series, and I did like this anniversary issue. Because Mm -hmm. it's not just Avengers 10, it's actually Avengers 700 and legacy numbering. So it was a quadruple-sized issue. I think it was like 45 or 50 pages. Also, how fucking weird was that? So on the cover, it says Avengers yeah. 10, and then there's a blurb, right, that says Avengers 700. Whereas before, yeah. usually what their go-to move is, Avengers 700, holy fucking shit, and then also Avengers number 10. So yeah. it's kind of neat. 10, and then uh, just in like a magazine-style uh, heroic 700th issue. Yeah, it's just weird. Usually they focus on whatever the big number is and not the little number. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so so basically we've been is this still dealing with the um the things that kill This is the aftermath of the celestials. Yeah, because there was a thing going around mm-hmm. killing the celestials. Well, it was it was celestials killing celestials. Um oh. ish, something like that. So like it was it, it went back to like the very the very nature of celestials and and their their first landing on earth and what havoc that wreaked. Wrecked. Mm-hmm. Um, reeked. I believe, I believe it's it's reeked. <laughs> it's reeked. a havoc smell bag that reeked. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so and and uh, essentially a sixth celestial created the human race. Oh, okay. Created all life on Earth was from a sixth celestial. Like they had a virus, and that virus kind of became like they they went to Earth mm-hmm. because they were they were infecting the other celestials. Yeah, and that sickness that came out of them was actually the life that started the planet so here's the thing that sort of gave me pause when it first came out one wasn't this the first issue where it was like tony and steve and uh, thor and they're hanging out and being like hey we're straight white men we're the avengers again and they were like it felt very specifically like they were trying to get back the audience that was mad at them for having so many so female and minority characters i will say Yes and no. That was an awful first issue, and we had talked about how I thought it was an awful first issue. It felt like a zero issue that actually had no plot whatsoever. Yes, yes. And half of it was a conversation about, like you said, just white dudes being white dudes and how, like, hey, what happened? However, in context of literally the second half of that book and then everything that's happened since, look at the cast of this book. Do you mean the cast of the characters or the cast of the 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 creative team? The characters. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a hell She-Hulk. of a team. Yeah, uh, Ghost Rider, She Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Captain, yeah, Captain yeah. Marvel's in there. That's right. Yeah. So um, the other thing, the other thing that I uh, had a problem with was we were reading uh, Dark Knight's Metal and then Justice League yeah. One by uh, Scott Snyder. And that all felt very over the top. Yeah. It was kind of hard to get a hold of a little bit. Um, and then so juggling both of those yeah. at the same time felt like a lot. And and I told uh, – and I mentioned to you like two or three issues ago like, oh, 
it's not dissimilar from Justice League, only they actually stick the landing. Okay. As opposed to it becoming this wild, metaphysical, um, thorough line that goes through like the next six issues. Okay. It, like, and the, I've read and the, all of it twice, and I have no I still don't know what the fuck the totality is. Yeah, same! Thank Whereas you. This is... the... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, the, the other landing it stuck was its way to bring an alternate universe into the main continuity where it aped uh, Doomsday Clock at the end. Wait, what? What, this issue? Yep. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What did it do? Wait, what? Who shows up at the end? What happens at the end? Squadron Supreme is under oh, the that's right. uh, that's rule right. of General Ross. Oh, yeah, there they are. Squadron Supreme no, no. coming from right. an alternate Earth. So once again, they said, hey, DC, you want to fucking meander oh. and dance around for a fucking year and a half? Why don't we just bring in the fucking Avenger pastiches? Bam, last page, first issue. Applause, yeah. Marvel. So, um, so... Early in the book, uh, Ross... Well, to be fair, this is the 10th issue, not the first issue. It is. Um, it's a 700 issue. As God damn it. Is. Who cares? So, <laughs> so this whole this whole issue is, uh, plot-wise, this whole issue is actually... Um, it's the aftermath of the whole Celestial arc. And Jason Aaron does what he normally does, where he um, he's able to introduce this giant idea, wrap it up in a small way after, like, five or six issues... <laughs> And then put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And he did exactly that, just like how he did with the Empirical and Doctor Strange. And right. so like it went away for a little while, but it mm-hmm. never really went away. So that's all done. Mm-hmm. And now it's into this this idea of Namor being, going back to being a bad guy. Because he's tired of all that jazz. So I'm now into the that. Submariner is... He's never worked for me as a good guy anyway. So making him a foil for the Avengers feels better. Making him a foil for so, the Fantastic Four feels better to me. So in the last two issues, he has amassed his own, like, sea uh, Avengers, and they're all just, like, aquatic-based bad guys. Mm. And the Avengers are sent, tasked into to stop him or to save uh, Hydropolis, some, like, oh. underground city from being destroyed by, by them. So are they called I, the Seamen? I hope so. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to look it up because they are. But this, <laughs> this issue is the clash of multiple uh, Avenger-style teams. The whole issue is like surrounded by that because um, at the same time, the Soviet Union is gathering a team of their own. Uh, I forget what it's called. Rude. Like the, the Crimson Guard. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Uh, they're amassing a new version of the Crimson Guard. Steve and, uh, and Thunderbolt Ross are having very pointed and argumentative conversations about how the Avengers are not exclusively... There for the American or for the American government's will, right? Of course, yeah. They're um, so, global. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross decides to kind of get back in his own, or, or to get a team of his own. So you've got all of these different teams kind of clashing or about to start clashing. Now, is that not is that different than the U.S. Avengers, which was a team that's recently? been disbanded? Okay, yeah, because Ross was a part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Oh, I was wondering yeah. if he was like reforming the U.S. Yeah. Avengers. What are they called? Defenders of the Deep. Gotcha. Our, King uh, Crab, Tiger King Crab, Shark, Orca, Tiger Shark. Yeah, all these, all these. Old the school. Piranhas, Blood Tide. <laughs> Water Seamen. What's that? Can we just stick with semen? Yeah, they're the semen. Yay! Um, so, I'm going to read the shit out of this. This was amazing. Yeah. So we've got this this amazing battle between three Avengers style teams, and in the and the background and the background of it all is Thunderbolt Ross trying to get a team together of his, of his own, and a. Resurrected from the dead, Agent Coulson amasses oh, for him geez. 
the Squadron Supreme of America. Yeah. So I'm going to... This is super fun. And then it's, there's three or four backup um, stories by different artists. Frazier Irving. Of members of the team. So uh, Adam Kubert. Adam Kubert doing a Celestial backup that obviously ties in. Actually, this Celestial backup is probably the most quote-unquote important one. Mm-hmm. Because it involves... Oh, there's Schwolverine. But it's not the Wolverine that we know in the book. So, uh, um, you were reading Return of Wolverine, right? I read the first issue. Did uh, Rob, did you read more than the first issue? Or no. Issue? No, whatever we read for the show. That was so, just, yeah. so Wolverine essentially returned forever ago in Legacy, where he had a... He had, I think he had the Space Stone. Yeah. And then he was in a couple of the cosmic books. But then what's happening now in the Return of Wolverine is just they're not gelling uh-huh so in this book it actually tells you actually why those two characters are the same but are not the same oh, okay neat so this like this 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 is a, a fantastic anniversary issue that really like that starts a bunch of shit and then ends a bunch of shit at the same time it's nice. just fun also holy shit ed mcginnis that artist man he's so good yeah <laughs> where, where'd that guy Very come good. from um rob what'd you think did you like it buddy yeah i, oh, I love it yeah, I loved it. It was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and again, that that Squadron Supreme play at the end. I mean, that's just one of my favorite comics of all time. So here's one where I want to see what happens next to see Squadron Supreme. Now, wait a minute. Was Squadron Supreme your favorite or Supreme Power by that, J. Michael Straczynski? Supreme Power. Supreme Power. That was the yeah. one I liked. I was going to say, like, my intro, I didn't even know that they were old school characters until after I read Supreme Power and was like, oh, they've, they're, they're, Legacy characters. Because I'm looking at it, and these are the old, old ones, not the ones by J. Michael Straczynski. This is not. This is not the same team. So these, yeah, aren't, the, these aren't the characters from yeah, Supreme Power. What's her name? Is it Barda? No, no, Big Barda's from. DC. No, I know, but I th- what's her name? I don't know. Power Woman or something. That's Black Knight. Hyperion. Power Woman's DC as well. Yeah. I don't know. I forget their names, but I, 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 yeah, I remember really liking that. Um, JMS Supreme Power. Nighthawk, was it, right? Yeah. 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 But he had those, like, basically the goggles yeah. from, um, like, Watchmen. Yeah, they were film. great. Uh, and, I, and I remember, um, what was it, the Ultimate Universe crossed over with Supreme Power? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to, I've got, I've got all the issues lined up. I'm excited to catch up on the Avengers. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. It, it, it's, it's not rocket science, but it's just it's um it's genre that's done so well. You're like, oh, that's yeah. what it's supposed to feel like. Cool. It, it looks yeah. very dense. It is. Yeah, yeah but really in a good way. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Mister Miracle number ten. Speaking of dense, or is it number twelve? Shit, number twelve. Number twelve. It's a twelve issue maxi series by Tom King and Mitch Gerards, and I'm on issue three. So yet again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fellows. <laughs> Uh, I tried to read it today, but I had too much to do, and I was dealing with the post office for most of my day, so mm. fuck me in the buckets. Um, uh, I, what I have read of this series is fucking fantastic. Uh, it's the Tom King that I really love. He's the same guy who wrote The Vision, and he's the same guy who, wrote, who writes uh, half of the Batman issues I like. <laughs> <laughs> There's another Tom King who writes the issues I hate. Um but this is the one I like. It's you know I'm I'm starting to feel like Tom King is sort of like Grant Morrison in that Grant Morrison I like 75% of what he writes and then there's 25% that just confuses the shit out of me and I have not done enough drugs. I would say 60/40 on Grant Morrison. 
that might be accurate as well. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm being a little... Um, well, like 60-40. Nice. Um, okay, maybe it's like 60-30-10. So 60 I absolutely love and will take a bullet for. 30 that I don't care about and it's not good uh-huh. or confusing. Or, or I don't care about not good. And then 10% that's just it fucking cave paintings or splatters <laughs> on a wall. <laughs> yes. And it means C something guy. only for him. Yeah. That's it. Sea guy. Uh See, so, I'm going to go 80% Grant Morrison, 15%, 2.5%, 2.5%. I don't know why the fuck we're talking about Grant Morrison, but I just want to draw a percent <laughs> What I'm saying well. is is that, you know, <coughs> so uh, for, for, for Tom King, uh, I'm like 20, 80. 20 good, 80%, I don't care. So when Rob talks, uh, 30% of the time, uh, 25% of the time, um, I'm half in the bag. 15% of the time, we have our longest conversations when I'm drunk and I can't recall them. And then 62% of the time, I'm just lost in his eyes. So I think that that adds up to like 400%, if my math's correct. So what did you guys think of Mr. Miracle? the book we're talking about i'm not going first (laughs) tom king um he revels in this maxi series i think as you said with the vision jd uh i think his problem on batman is that he starts these great concepts now i didn't hate i am gotham as much as you did but five issues isn't enough room for his ideas to breathe uh you know vision was amazing this was amazing uh sheriff of babylon Mm -hmm. was fucking amazing and I love the fact Mr. Miracle was actually wearing a uh, Sheriff of Babylon T-shirt during one of these issues. So it was just oh, nice. so cool. Well, he as he goes through the different layers of heaven and the different courses of, of uh, or the layers of hell and the courses of heaven, um, he's changed into different uh, DC T-shirts. And I was trying to find a pattern. I didn't suss one out yet, but I'm sure there's a there's, deep, a, there's some kind of deeper meaning there. There's a butt ton of. Um... Especially in this issue, there's a butt-ton of uh, celebrity cameos, too. Say more. So, uh, celebrity cameos? Um, I think it's on, like, a page two. Like, the whole cast of How Did This Get Made is in there. Um, Paul Shear and Dave, uh, David Mantoukas. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally yeah, in, like, the fifth panel. Um, oh. And I think all of those close-ups are somebody. Hmm. And I'm sure there's probably, we could dissect this, I think, for a very long time to try and figure out. I mean, even the overarching story. I mean, he went to both heaven and hell and escaped both, right? I mean, that is... Oh, wait, wait. JD hasn't finished it. Are we... I don't give a fuck. It's called Spoiler Alert. Uh, It's true. I'm taking taking my headphones out. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I I actually do give a fuck. Oh, wait, I can still hear you. (laughs) We're in the same room. He actually does. He, he does care. He's just said like, "Oh, I do care." Oh, um, so uh, without without saying how the no, series ends, bad. no, no, no. Without saying how the series ends, you're right. It is a the the first. You've read the first three issues. The yeah. first issue is a suicide attempt. Oh yeah, is that a secret? No, but the rest of it is you're still kind of reeling with the ramifications and actually what that means. So let me ask you this: Is it um, uh, Jacob's ladder situation? <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, which which also is a wonderful reference to how did this get made? Um, but uh-huh. like four people will get that. Um, so for anyone who doesn't isn't. know, anyone who doesn't know, how did this get made? Is a podcast where they talk about really shitty movies. Like I listen, the only listen, the one I've listened to is the one about Punisher Warzone, where they had the actual director on, and it was amazing. 
Well, like they they don't. It's not always shitty movies. It's it's um. It's also just sometimes like how the fuck did this get passed? <laughs> well, like you know, it could be financial success or not. But either way, it's just a bug nuts movie. Uh, but regardless, uh, fans of fans of, and they put them in the comic. But more than that, like it's um, a Jacob's Ladder scenario is what they talk about all the time. Uh, yes and no. Like this, the the book is very it's very deliberate, but then it's also open to interpretation how it ends. But not in what? a in a um, look. It's a mystery kind of way. More it's it's emotionally satisfying, but you still don't have answers. Yeah. And the only answers that you have are from unreliable narrators. So you you have to choose who to believe. Like do you like so so Mr. Miracle obviously has an understanding or or his impression of how the book ends and what he has decided to be his life, but he's an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and he's seeing things. So it you it ends in a way where you kind of can take away what you want from it and it's just it's wonderful. It's Is beautiful. it wonderful, Rob? It is amazingly, awesomely wonderful. And yeah, it, I, yeah, no leaves the best of interpretation. I guess I am desperately wanting this to be continuity because of how big Barda and Scott Free's but, life moved but it, forward. But it could be continuity. I know. So, so like, it could happen in a thimble in a second or it can happen over the course of 40 years. So, like, because um, he showed, he just recently showed up, some, him and Barda just recently showed up somewhere, and I was waiting for this to kind of put the toys back in the chest but it doesn't exactly but it doesn't also leave that possibility alone do you know what i mean no i I, absolutely and i i am carrying over uh, archaic old fan man baggage with this because jle and jla they were the (laughs) they were the first comic books to have married couples within them you know you had the you had the dibneys that were uh, in jle and you had big bart and scott that were the married couple of of jla and the repercussions of this book what they have wrought and i'm not going to try and spoil too much but you know what comes out of this i would love to see that be continued forward in dc comics yeah so. it's it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing um hypothetical question that i think anybody can relate to whether you have a history with these characters or not if you were mm-hmm. in this dream and you had the choice to stay in it or leave knowing mm-hmm. it's a dream what would you choose and it's right. it's awesome also too i was i was happy but then also incredibly disappointed with this kind of ends with a cliffhanger it like it's it's a it's a story end point and it's fine and it, it covers the whole 12 issues and it's a beginning middle and end but they have a you know this is not the end for for scott free and and how do, i i forget the 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 words that are on there it's like stay tuned for his next adventure i think but don't is, stay tuned there is no next adventure there is Right? Isn't that the walkaway? There is no next issue. There is no. no... Wait, hang on. let me let me pull it up. I, I swear to God, it, it I read it twice and it made me think like, oh, there's going to be a, a a volume two. I think it plays double negative, bud. Motherfucker, don't do that to me. <laughs> you make the no confused. Fuck you, Tom King. No, I mean like I got excited, not confused. Well, no. Okay, there is something that says there. There is something coming, but it doesn't say what it is. But it is after it plays two double negatives of stay. Don't stay tuned for net. You know, almost like Bizarro speak. Don't stay tuned for next issue because there is none. And 
But the Don't. further adventures, right? Where is it? Okay. I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I'm bringing it up too. This is the. Uh, you well, can you do it this. first, then. I mean, you do it. I, it's it's downloading. It's downloading. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I got it! I got it! I got it! You mean oh, you're flipping I, through it? I have it on my a... second iPad. Hold on, I gotta bring because it another iPad. Digital. Okay, the Mister Miracle series will not be continued. Dot dot dot. Its right. new and thrilling successor will soon be on sale. Look for it. Ooh! Thank you, okay. Tom, Mitch, Clayton, Nick, Jamie, and Brittany. This book is amazing, and I'm down for all of it. Nice. Did you read Vision, Noel? No, I have it, but I haven't read it yet. You should read it. Yeah. Well, I heard about some of the things that happen at the end of that, and it's um, less ambiguous and more fucking rip your heart out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> you don't walk away clean from that. No, but it's... I I am I am very very interested in following this creative team wherever they want to go. Whatever whatever quote unquote B or subpar characters that they think that they can have, they tell uh, uh, as fulfilling a story as this with. I'm in. I'm super in. If, they, wasn't there if a... they've got to take on D man, I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> Was oh my god, artist? I want that. <laughs> Was there a different artist for Vision? There was. No. Yes. Wait, I thought it was there Mitch Garage. No. Mitch Garage. Who uh who was Vision? Someone else. That's Vision's true. a robot. It's a robot. Um I have two toilet. Gabriel Walta? I just didn't look. They didn't look like the same artists. Yeah, Gabriel Hernandez Walta is the artist for the Vision. So yeah, I've only read a couple of issues of Mister Miracle, but uh, only I, I stress this only because I did not have time. I've I'm been so... meaning to catch up with this series for months and months and months. So I'm pretty bummed that I didn't get it finished in time to discuss it with you guys. But um, I'm very excited to to catch up. Hey, and, you know, despite all my fan man and old fan man love, this is a series that's relatable to anybody that picks it up. If you love comic books and you are a human being-ish even, you will uh, find something to walk away with from yeah. this. It's just it, it revels so well in the fantastical mundane through many parts of it where and that's just the stuff I love where you know they bring oh well we've got a high court tribunal coming to uh, possibly you know execute you for you know bitch slapping the high father um, well we should get a veggie plate <laughs> <laughs> you know what do you do for that company you give zero fucks about it. you get yeah. a veggie plate right that's funny I, I just and just those mundane moments that, that that just work so well with these characters, Big Bart and Scott Free. I would not want to see those moments slathered on other characters just because the writer's got something clever to say. These characters, it works. It, it works within the tenor of who they are. You know, there's also this uh, scene that keeps happening uh, in the first um, maybe two issues where uh, Scott Free is talking to his wife, Big Barda, and. He says, you know, she gets out of the shower and she's just toweling off and he just says, you're beautiful. And she goes, I'm too tall. And then later on, it comes up again. Um, Grandma goodness says something and she goes, oh, I'm too tall. And uh, it's I really like that. It's a very, very small moment, but it's something that really endears me to Big Barda. Um, uh-huh. And just the insecurities that every, every single being has. Uh, everyone's got something about themselves that they hate and it just speaks to the humanity of the characters and it's those little touches that tom king is able to sprinkle throughout that that's when i like him the most well then jump back in this buddy because you'll get hundreds more of those little moments nice let's move 
Let's move on to Uncanny X-Men. Rob, Uncanny X-Men. Uh, I knew you were going to come to me. Uh, from Ed Brisson, Matthew Rosenberg, and Kelly Thompson with art by, uh, art by Mahmoud Asrar. And so everyone's excited. Oh, my God, Uncanny X-Men's back. Uh, the, there's been like nine Uncanny X-Men titles so far. I don't know why everyone's excited about this particular one, but fuck me, whatever. So... Um, I actually did quite enjoy this. I don't know that it blew my pants off of my face, but uh, I did like it. Rob, what did you think being the X guy who used to be an X guy, but now isn't an X guy? You could just say XX guy. It's like Mr. Manager. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I can't believe it took three writers to regurgitate a fucking story that they've done 20 times. Yeah, uh, you know what i i I had that feeling that this was rote or kind of a retread, but I couldn't actually place what it was a retread of. Oh my god! Pick one of the movies, even where they had the cure for the fucking mutant virus. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's how I felt too. I was like, really? There's another. I mean, and they mentioned it in the issue of like, oh, it's a someone else is making a cure for being a mutant. It's like then. Why are we dealing with this again? Yeah, it's fucking lazy. Is this... Let me ask you this. I, I never read it, but God Loves, Man Kills. Is that... Uh, was that issue about... Um, it was like a prestige format. Uh, was that also about a cure for mutinism? I think so. Mutation, yeah, that was... The, and that was a whole church of uh, uh, anti-mutants. Yeah. Uh, fuck. It'll uh, come to me. Yeah, no. I'm just going to say No. I, so, you know. so, but on top of that, though, um, this isn't just about that, right? It's not just about that's really the reason that all of the characters come together is this new, new, stupid white senator uh, is like, oh, let's here's a mutants are terrible. Let's cure everybody. Um, that's that's really just the uh, what would you call that? What's that in story terms? Just the reason it's for getting... the catalyst. No, catalyst. It's a plot device. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's so, a plot. Yeah. So for me, it's like the catalyst. So what I'm most interested in this whole like book, what I'm most interested in is the time traveling Jamie Madrox. Yeah, that's all I mm. really care about because I'm really enjoying his uh his miniseries. So, okay, I wanted to ask you this, because Matt Rosenberg is writing the miniseries for Multiple Man. Uh, yeah. Does that tie in directly to this? So I'm only three issues into it, even though there's like five out. I just, okay. I'm behind. Sure. Uh, but no, currently it does not ta- like directly tie into okay, this. Okay, because Matt but, Rosenberg is one of the writers of this issue. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm so. hoping that it eventually does. The idea of, so like, where I am in the in the Multiple Man book, he goes to a future where he is the dictator and he tries to overthrow it. So like armies of Madroxes and then resistance Madroxes. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's it's ridiculous and it's weird, but it's funny. And him coming in here as kind of like a harbinger or a messenger um, and then doing it in in a um, anarchic way is fun. Everything else that happened in this issue I didn't care about. So I'm guessing then that the field of Madrox's bodies at Littermuir Island, along with Scott Summers, uh, during the whole Inhumans uh, fart cloud, um, that was just bullshit. He's not dead. Well, that's like the the first issue of Multiple Man. They talk about that. Okay. So it's okay. um he is a the the current Jamie Prime died 
He's dead. Oh. And when he died, in, in whatever the fuck that yeah, was. Yeah, I don't remember that, but all right. He's, uh, the virus. Sure. Jamie Prime died. Sure. I forgot. But there was a dupe that was in a bunker and stored away and like... But wait a minute. I thought that when Jamie Prime dies, the dupes die. He was in some sort of like... Protective field? In a bunker yeah. or a cave or a... He was... He was away from the effects of, and because and he's so just now dupe, dupes he, make dupes. No, no, no. Because well, dupes always made dupes. That's true. Uh, dupes did make dupes, yeah, that's but true. Yeah, but right, because right, he right. was because he would like a dupe does not have long term sustainability. Also, I just want to point out that like every single time any one of us says dupe, dupes. I think of dupe. Dupe uh, from <laughs> ecstatics. Too. Yeah, I love dupe. A a duplication does not have. <laughs> does not have uh, genuine sustainability without Prime. So the um, initial conceit of the miniseries is that, hey, you're a dupe, you've got all the memories, and this is what happened while you were gone. However, um, your cells are degrading because Prime is gone. And then it kicks off from there, and then it turns into like a time-travelly, timey-wimey thing. But um, I think that's how they're just going to bring him back. It's just like that last bit of history of of Jamie's is gone, and the dupe is probably going to become primary okay i think we'll but either way i love so it's Madrox. like this it's like the she touched my pepe steve clone from multiplicity making dupes yeah now. copy of a copy yeah okay uh the best work of an actor <laughs> without a doubt in, is in multiplicity <laughs> yeah. it's michael keaton in multiplicity and it's only because of she touched my she touched, she touched my, my, my pepe she touched my pepe steve she touched my pepe steve that fourth copies like work in the background is, is the funniest thing in the whole movie. Like when he, he puts the pizza into yeah, his he wallet. Up pizza <laughs> in his wallet. Come on up, Doug. We're spitting on bugs. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta rewatch that again. That was a great yeah. movie. Uh, long forgotten film that I don't think a lot of people recognize. I think it's probably problematic at this yeah. point too, but still. Oh, that's true. Have at it. Yeah. So um, basically, like I was saying. Uh, the conceit of the of the episode is not really about the cure for mutations. It's that Madrox is trying to um, prevent whatever is going to happen from happening, and he fails. Well, and then... he's he's earmarked the the catalyst of this event as Kitty gone missing. Yes, has Kitty gone yet? Has Kitty gone missing? Yeah, yeah, and she has, and she has. So uh, it's too late. And so at the very end, we have Kitty waking up. And then um, she is chained to a chair uh, using some sort of, uh, I would say, um, force beams of some sort. And she wakes up next to the senator who wakes up. And then they both wake up next to fucking Apocalypse, who is up on the uh, cross, the X, right? Mm-hmm. That we see from, what, is it, what story is that from, the X? The Mutant Massacre. Mutant Massacre. Uh, the, the Morlock Massacre, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that is really our jumping on point uh the the big deal that this issue is is not so much about the cure but um the fact that whoever is behind all of this is also able to subdue apocalypse i'm gonna be honest with you guys i didn't read the backup stories you didn't need them i kind of got the impression and i i wasn't interested you're fine without them but i didn't i mean they were they were well written they were well drawn um but i i wouldn't say that they added something super important other than this page that you're on right now where the old woman dies and then she turns the old woman is behind her in the alleyway and turns to walk away and shapeshifts hmm so mistake do you think it's mystique 
well, there's okay. a few choices. He's got the With weird. Big swung. He's got the weird um, gambit haircut, though. Yeah, it does look more like gambit. But it's funny. Um, it's a. It's, that's just it's sort like of how Mark Bagley though. wears or, or draws hair. But that's dude shoulders. Yeah, I would say so. But maybe she's transforming into a dude. Maybe. Right. Maybe he's transforming. Was transformed into a she. I, the only maybe gender doesn't matter. It's goddamn it. When you're gender yeah. is a construct. The only thing I don't like about Mark Bagley's art on this is the way he draws Jean Grey and that weird um, face guard that Masked she wears. Mask tiara. Yeah. Of doom. <laughs> the the, the Shatterstar boxing uh, helmet thing. <laughs> it is. It's a. It's like um. It's like an ergonomic helmet that the head that like the the skull part was taken off. Yeah. 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 So she, she, if she gets punched in the face, she's fine. But if anything lands on top of her head, she's fucked. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, too, is, isn't there, like, is this going to, so this is, like, you can 11 issues of this? 10 issues of this? Is like, it? This is a weekly series? Yes. What? Yeah, so Uncanny X-Men is a weekly series for, like, 10 issues or some shit. And, like, all one story. Uh, because, honestly, that hasn't worked since 52. And, and... We have rose-colored glasses when it comes to 52 because there's chunks of that that wasn't good. Oh, I don't. I Who don't has that rose? That was shit. You're yeah, the only one, buddy. Oh, I really liked how it all turned out. Nope. Uh, oh, really? Really? Do we have to talk about 52 again? No, please don't. I mean, no, I mean, I've no, never I talked about it with you guys. I was really enjoying it at the time, uh-huh. and like every other issue was fantastic. Sure. No. Yeah. No, I, I believe. That yeah. You I mean, that. I mean, all the Dibney stuff and all the question stuff was fantastic. Okay. Oh, I hate you guys. <laughs> so you, you ate you ate twenty six issues of bloat. Like, why not call it twenty six and just put out twenty six good issues? Um, it's the journey. <laughs> no, the it. so. <laughs> uh, we have fun. We're having fun. And, uh, uh, all right. Anyway, let's wrap this fucking show up with one more book: Wonder Woman number fifty eight. Uh, the big deal about this one, uh, strangely enough, they're just throwing her in on issue fifty eight. Is that G. Willow Wilson, the creator of Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, one of my uh, favorite new characters in the Marvel lineup, uh, is writing Wonder Woman with art by Carrie Nord. So uh, I'm going to two quick things. My review is very quick about this book. One, it has not gotten started yet. <laughs> this mm. this first issue is not enough. It's like a blind. It's like a cold open. Yeah, um, I need I needed more out of this issue. I think story wise, and then. Um, Secondarily, Carrie Nord does not feel like the appropriate artist to be drawing Wonder Woman. Uh, elaborate. I feel like... So, okay, we're looking at a cover here where the Terry cover Dodson. is drawn by the Terry and Rachel Dodson, and that is the Wonder Woman that is in my head. That's the Wonder Woman I see when I think of Wonder Woman. Um, and then the Wonder Woman in this issue is nowhere near the stature that I would think Wonder Woman would need to be in. Um, Do you mean like height, build? height, build, everything? Just, just her, her regal regality, if that's a word. Um, she just feels like any other female character. She feels slight of frame, small shoulder. And, and I was going to say, you're a giant fan of of how like, um, yes, Darwin Cook, yes, would to, to portray her. Yeah. yeah, the way Darwin Cook draws her is that Superman has to actually look up to see her. Yeah, she's an Amazon. Yeah. She's tall. She's and this one is like this: the way Carrie Nord draws her, she looks like a thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah, because what's Steve Trevor? Six two, maybe. Yeah, at top, and she should definitely oh, be taller than Hold Steve on. Trevor. Hold on, question: 
Steve Trevor's alive? Was Steve Trevor dead? I haven't been reading this book. I I thought in the New Fifty Two or or in the New Fifty Two he was like, um, he was nothing to her. He was a Suicide Squad guy. No, no, just he like, was he basically he was a cuck. To, yeah, he was a cuck Superman. to New Soups for a yeah. while. Then New Soup exploded, and Steve come back. And that's so. So she is in love with Steve and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So like, it's just um, I I know I know you just jump right in, but I I was I was confused of the continuity of Steve Trevor being back, and this is, you know. G. Willow Wilson's first issue. It's an arbitrary 58 number. I had no idea if this was the start of something so much, but I was just wondering. They do not do recap pages at DC. Now, here's what I'm going to follow up with. Uh, If this was another writer, I would probably stop reading this issue. Not issue, but I would stop reading after this issue. Because I like G. Willow Wilson's work on Ms. Marvel so much, I'm going to give it a couple more issues before I fall off. Yeah. Um... Because this definitely does not feel like enough. Question. Honest question. When was the last time you stuck with a Wonder Woman title? She is not a character that I stick with. Um, She is a character like the Punisher. Yeah. Like the Hulk. Yeah. uh, Like a myriad of other really popular characters. Those are are really good examples. Fan bases. Those are perfect examples of of characters in team books that I love, but I don't follow. Like Aquaman. Yes. Yes. uh, Wonder Woman. Hulk. Punisher. Daredevil, I read even, even when Daredevil just shows up, he's great. But I don't read his yeah. his series. What Rob? I read all of New Fifty Two for three and a half years. The whole saga of her becoming a god, and um, you know the battle for for Mount Olympus. Well, okay, that may be you, but that speaks to the same thing I'm saying, which is I only read Wonder Woman when there's a very interesting creative team. She is not a character I follow, like Spider Man as we all know, is a guy that I will follow in and out through the John Burns, through the Howard Mackeys. Um, yeah. But, like, Wonder no. Woman, I'll just be like, no, I can just wait till the next big, good Wonder Woman story. No, I, I, I heard what you said. I was hoping Noel's question was for both of us, so that's yeah. why I replied. Well, no, 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 what I'm saying, Rob, is... How dare you? Is that yeah. the same... Are we saying that the same thing, though? No, I I stayed with Wonder Woman as a character. I'm sorry, I've stayed with Wonder Woman as a character through certain epochs over time. Okay, okay, I've, right. I've read oh. her for because... multiple multiple ongoing issues. Okay, because okay. for she's, me, she's a you're... go-to for you. Like we, yeah. I, I don't, I don't have that. I only have like a situational affection for her character more so than follow her into every new series. Same, yes, but the 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 um the version that you brought up is one that I followed through because it was so good because it was by Azarello. I need to actually Chang. read it. I, I only read the first like six or seven issues. It's so goddamn good. I have trouble with Azarello, but I absolutely adore Cliff Chang. Yeah. Yeah. So Rob, trouble as, as now that you're yeah, the Wonder Woman the guy, <laughs> how did you oh, think? fuck me. How did you feel about G. Willow Wilson's Wonder Woman? I, I didn't like it. I mean, it was oh. just, it was very superficial. It was very top level. It, it did not have that same twist to the, I'm not saying Wonder Woman perpetually needs those twists to the mythos that the Azarello run had, but it, but it does need something. I, I don't know. Just the, everything about this felt wafer thin. So um, in the, isn't it? Is it a thing? She she became the god of war when she struck down Ares, right? Sure. 
I mean, I'm not the Wonder Woman guy. I, I've I've read it Look, over the. I need you to quit yep. being shy, and tell me okay. the history of all Wonder Woman. Okay, well, it's started, their creator was a sadomasochist <laughs> or, uh, who was in New S and M. That's yeah. a real so, sexy story. Actually. So this uh, this 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 it whole actually this, is. it's a good movie. This yeah. opening sequence uh, of Grail, who is the daughter of an Amazon and apocalypse or an Amazon and. Dark side. Dark side. Oh, is that who that is? Yeah, it was. Um, it was in the Dark Side had sex with an Amazon. Yeah, it was in the Dark Side War. Dark Jeff Side Johns. had sex. You know, you guys don't remember like the Dark the... Side will fuck anything. Dark yeah. Side fucks. Dark Side. Dark Side's a poonhead. That's a, that, that's my new that T-shirt design. Dark, dark Side, side fucks. fucks? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> new T-shirt. The, the, the back of the T says, "Of course." Yeah. <laughs> dark Side fucks anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, isn't that from like the the Jeff Johns Dark Side War Justice League thing? Know. Like that was a convoluted piece of shit. The, I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, she kills who we know of as Ares. Is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. Is that what, okay, Rob, did you get that from? Why that? are you guys not paying attention to the shit you read? Well, she sliced him across the chest. Well, and he's got a little bit of trickle of blood happening from his chest. I wouldn't say that that looks yeah. like a mortal wound. I mean, either way. And then all of a sudden, like, his body is upside down. What the fuck's happening yeah, here? It's dying, and shit's is that what, happening. I, I, when you die, you, you, you start to... If you're like a god, there's no me. rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so seriously, um, talking about Carrie Nord's art here. Normally, I like Carrie Nord. I have nothing against the artist. He's very competent. But in this sequence here, where we're talking about... Grail. Grail and Ares... I honestly did not know what was happening. She slices him across the chest. The amount of blood that happens does not seem like a mortal wound to a character like Ares. Mm -hmm. And then on the next page, there's like he's kind of upside down and there's chains and then there's rocks happening all over the place. I honestly did not know what was happening here. So that when the Ares shows up at the very end and he was blonde, it didn't occur to me that that was supposed to be Steve Trevor. So I I got the impression that... Okay, so... The whole opening scene here of Grail and Ares talking in their imprisonment, because they apparently are cellmates um, hanging out around swords, um, (laughs) was that he, over time, coaxes her to end him. Oh. Uh, And then we find out that Steve Trevor is missing after she uh, slaps him in the ass, blah, 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 uh, and has a terrible dream. Uh, and then at the end, it seems to be revealed that Steve Trevor is now the vessel of Ares. I'm into that. Okay, I like that. I did not get that from that's that. That's what I got from it. So whatever happened at the beginning where Ares is now, or, or new god of war needs to be chosen, it obviously wasn't Grail or and or this is machinations that uh-huh. has caused Steve Trevor. So, so plot-wise, it's kind of interesting, kind of cool. Yeah. But I don't know if I care. Yeah, Rob, yeah. Do, do you follow all of that? Did you? Is that what you got out I, of all of that? I sure. That's good. No, oh. don't care. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, <laughs> now that you have told me that, and I did not get that from the art because either uh, Carrie Nord's fault or I'm an idiot. She looks so, most likely, I'm an idiot. She looks so feeble right here. She looks so feeble. Thank you. Wonder Woman looks. She looks so like a tiny. child. What? She looks like a child. Yeah, it looks like this is a story that happens when she's in her... Um, He's, her she's just becoming a teenager. He is clearly three feet taller than her, Well, too. she's also... Right. 
lower on the hill than he is. But um, incrementally yeah, lower. Like her positioning is very feeble. Her musculature is very um, uh, lean, sinewy, lean, sinewy, sinewy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she just does not seem like the Wonder Woman that's in my head. Um, but that's fine, you know, as long as the story winds up being interesting. I'll, I'll check out maybe the next issue and see how it goes. It's a great writer, so I, like that's enough for me. Yeah. To try, but, Rob, make Noel yeah. read the the Azarello Wonder Woman. It's awesome. No, read the Azarello Wonder Woman. Yes. It's awesome. I mean, I've got a whole backlog of stuff that I need to read, but sure. Let's you know, if you if yeah. if there's any local comic shops that you need to order those from, I don't feel like patronizing I... any more than I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't you patronize me? I'm kidding. Patronize me. What other store puts you on a podcast? Uh, well, I've had I had offers. Uh, what? It, was really? a bit, it was a bit of a bidding war. <laughs> that's a bullshit. You son of a bitch. Uh, All right, yeah, anyway, guys, yeah, that's sure. it. We did it. Huzzah! Yay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven books. That's too many. <laughs> too many books. We talked about seven books. Yeah. Which ones are you going to edit out? <laughs> All of them. Yeah. It'll be one. It'll be Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Uh, and I read Superman. Wasn't sure why it was in there. But oh, oh, yeah. So did I. I forgot Superman. Me too. Uh, there's nothing to talk about, though. No, not really. Zod showed up. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. But I don't think we're going to do a whole No. Why? Because I'm. Zod showed up. It's oh, cool. No, no Zod showed up. It's cool. Yeah, it's good. That's it. Yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> good. <laughs> See, I mean, I mean, there is a nice. Uh, through line of the Adam Strange jokes that's been happening like every issue. So that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, anyway, all right. Thank you so much for joining us. You can uh, tweet at Noel at Mr. Bartocci. Bartocci. B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I. Yeah. To make it hard. Tweet at him. Has anyone tweeted at you yet? Not a fucking person. Not even Christopher Goodnight? No, he hits me up on Facebook. Oh, that's nice. And let me ask you, does he hit you up on Facebook just to ask where the podcast is? It has happened before, but even it though doesn't... I'm the editor of the show, it has it happened before, but it doesn't happen every time he okay. hits me up. And you he can knows. also you can also uh, reach <laughs> Rob at robpady dot com. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I have a website. And then, oh, what's your website? I, I haven't updated in a long time. Should I oh, bother? This is going great. <laughs> NoelTheWriter dot com. Yeah. N o e l n o e l thewriter dot com. Yeah. And uh, you can. Uh, is that... Does that get confused a lot for uh, solicits for Christmas stories? Uh, Noel, the writer. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you what? Can, no, but you can, shut up. I'd do it. I'm, I'm stopping the show. You can you can be a patron on my Patreon at uh, Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. Uh, you can email um, Mark. <laughs> you can find him at mlmillerwrites dot com and ask you him know, where the fuck he was. Listener. <laughs> you know, first time listener, the guy who wasn't on the show, you have no clue who he is. Yeah, he he didn't. I don't know what happened to him. I hope he's all right. Yeah, me Jesus. too. Yeah. Gosh. Um. But uh, that's it, fuckers. We love you. Thank you so much for listening and for writing in and uh, all the stuff that you you contribute to the show. We love it. Thank you so much. And uh, if you want to leave us a review and rate us on iTunes, that would be great. Um, oh, there is a bit of a snafu happening with the iTunes feed, like. The picture isn't coming up. I'm migrating all the all the episodes from one place to another, and the people I've hired to do that are kind of messing it up. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, it still works. But uh, we love you, and we'll talk at you later. Bye! Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 Yeah.